When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any good stories from the road? And pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mon We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Welcome in, y'all. This is The Georgia Show. We're here every Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. and every Wednesday at 8.30 as well. I'm Wes Blankenship. Palmer Toms and Jake Rowe are here tonight, as always. What's up, fellas? Not a lot, man. Got some sun today. I was going to say, Jake, it looks like you got some sun. Yeah. Threw a four-year-old birthday party today. It was pretty wild. Oh, yeah. Bring your SPF 50 to that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um. Well, we uh, finally had the opportunity to hear from Kirby Smart as the dogs spring practice and scrimmages get underway. And I I don't know if it was just Kirby being Kirby, the coach in him just wanting to send a message and let his players know that they haven't accomplished anything yet. But I was uh, pretty interested in the comments he had about Georgia not necessarily having the discipline that you would want to see. And I know know it's only the first scrimmage, but – I mean, that, that, that's not something you can really gloss over if it is indeed something that Kirby noticed uh, as a, a differentiator from this team this early in the process. I wouldn't say differentiator because he literally started the press conference by saying, been here six, seven, eight springs or whatever he said, and it seems like always, and then he kind of paused a little bit, and then it was like, you know, didn't tackle well, didn't play with good discipline. Didn't you had some penalties, had some, you know, operational issues. So it sounded like it was kind of more of the same uh, for first spring scrimmage to me. I'll let Palmer weigh in. I don't know what he thought. No, I mean, I, I completely agree there that it was like a, you know, sense of, hey, I mean, he, he's he's been through a first spring scrimmage a million times, you know, not just at Georgia, but at Alabama, at LSU and on down the line. He understands what the and 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 also the first fall scrimmage is is typically not the cleanest of them because it's the first time that you're going live, uh, completely tackling to the ground, all that. Uh, and, and I think for especially the young guys that you've got, you know, Georgia's got several of them. There's some jitters going into Sanford Stadium for the first time. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that there's any reason to be concerned that Kirby was concerned. Uh, or Kirby was frustrated. Um, I would also say probably wasn't, I mean, the weather was not the best for the, for that air, you know, for, for what they want to accomplish. Uh, it was very windy on Saturday. Super windy. So um, I, I was a little bit surprised that we didn't hear about that. And, you know, Hey, throw trying to throw the ball around see what these quarterbacks are, are capable of. I was surprised that we didn't hear some about the weather and the wind. Yeah. Well, I, if they had the opportunity to talk about the weather in regard to Georgia's quarterbacks, um, again, I don't know if this was 
coach speak, making a mountain out of a molehill just to keep the competition interesting. But from what y'all heard, uh, it seems like things, at least in that scrimmage, might have been a little bit tighter than than what the competition seemed like it, it could be uh, up to this point. That was the first scrimmage, first opportunity for Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, and Gunnar Stockton to really show what they were all about. And maybe it was the jitters. Maybe Carson Beck kind of knows he's the guy. Uh, maybe Brock Vandergriff is finally able to push a little bit. But uh, I did find that interesting to hear that, you know, all three of the guys – didn't you know no one necessarily separated themselves between the hedges this uh this spring the last thing i want to do like ever is to hurt georgia's cause on something right like i you know if, hey I, I think georgia wants to do this um it's, it's, it goes back to like all right well if they let me watch a whole practice would i would i go tell you every formation they ran and stuff like that no i wouldn't because i would i don't want you know, we're not out there for that. I tell you who I thought looked good and, and you know, what ha all that stuff. But I wouldn't be like, well, you know, I saw this one formation the most and, and this and that. I, I don't want to hurt George's calls. I never do. I mean, that's just not what you do as a beat writer is you, you want to report the truth and, and you want to do those things, but you don't want to, like, mess them up. So with that said, um, I, I'm not trying to mess George up here, but at no point are we going to get a true and accurate picture Um if if either of these three guys, I mean, Gunnar Stockton could be the next Joe Montana in the eyes of the coaching staff. They'll never relay that to us. Um, Kirby's never going to say that about Car – he wouldn't say that if he had ten quarterbacks on campus. Much less trying to keep three on campus. Um, and, and that's the way this thing is, man, is, you know, if you if you want to go by the comments, um, it's, it's going to be tight for a very, very long time. Get used to it. Um, if you want to go by the performances – um, well, we don't really see them, so we don't have a lot of context into okay, who threw what interception or who threw how many touchdown passes. Um, this quarterback thing, and, and and I hate to say this because it's probably bad for business. Um, is I mean, if you're saying it, it's good for business. Straight yeah, well, from Jake Rose lips to God's ears. Well, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if the good Lord listens to me, uh, but I will say this: uh, don't pay attention to what you hear in the quarterback battle. I mean, we're going to try to give you something and the most we got, but this quarterback situation, unless you're there watching it with your own eyes, unless you're a McGill Society person or what you see at G-Day or whatever, and we're going to tell you what we think when we see them, um, long time, man, just get ready. This is a, this is a long road, and, um, you know, they want Gunnar Stockton and, and Brock Vandegrift and uh, Carson Beck to be engaged and on campus for as long as they can get them there. And uh, it's gonna take it's gonna take some time before we start to hear about who may start. We may not even hear about it a whole lot. Uh, start maybe who's taking first team reps Wednesday before two Wednesdays before the season starts. Maybe I mean I, that, that's about the best I can do for you. See, and and I will chime in. I did think that Kirby's comments on the specific. I, I completely agree with you there, Jake, on what he said about the specific players and the specific individuals, those three competitors for the job. But I did think his comments that he had on what it is he's looking for in the quarterback position, what he's looking for with these guys during the scrimmage. <clears throat> I thought that was some of the most honest speak we've heard from Kirby about that. Um, and maybe it, it's, it's not, we haven't had to ask it because we haven't had a quarterback battle that we've been following. Uh, but you know, I, I think that it was very honest what he said about, you know, 
hey, we have so many talented skill players on this offense. And it's, it's, this is a quarterback driven offense where you've got to make the right decisions. And it's more about making the right decisions and not messing things up for everyone else. that's really talented around you more so than it is about you going out there and making a play with your physical skill set. Yeah. I mean, this is obvious of course, but Kirby making the uh, remark that, they're not really going to know anything about any of these guys until they can get hit, until they can, you know, take some actual physical contact from a defense, and you're just not going to get that until this fall. Uh, but that makes me wonder. I mean, none of these guys have faced that ever. And I'm not saying that Carson Beck or Brock Vandergriff can't do that or can't take it, uh, but we've never really seen them have to step up and have that on the line. They've never had any kind of stakes on the line. And I wrote about this over the weekend that Georgia's 2023 schedule, you know, it's no April fool's joke. You know, we look at it and everyone is hating on the dogs for this week's schedule, but y'all know that there's going to be a team on there, probably from the sec, probably not Georgia tech. If I had to guess, probably not UT Martin either, but it's going, there's going to be a team that looks like, ah, you know, mentally you look at them and it's an easy dub but they're going to give Georgia more than they want. And they're going to give Georgia more than fans expect. And that at the end of the day, that's a good thing for Georgia. If they want to have a successful postseason. just look at the Missouri game this past year. That's the exact kind of game I'm, I'm thinking of. Uh, but Carson Beck hasn't had to do that. Brock Vandergriff hasn't had to do that. And you're not going to learn that this spring. And I think that's ultimately what you look at in this quarterback competition. That's the big X factor that, Kirby legitimately can't answer right now. If you go back to the Mark Rick days, uh, there would be some stakes on the line, some literal S-T-E-A-K-S <laughs> on the line uh, come G-Day because it would be stakes or beanie weenies. It stakes still is that way. That, what's that? It still is that way. They still do it that way? Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, Kirby's so there, talked about that before. So there will be some stakes on the line for that one, uh, but not the stakes you're talking about, not wins and losses, which what really matters. And, Wes, man, I could not agree with you more on that. You know, you've got Georgia fans out there um, who think, oh, man, they are going to just road grade the schedule. Somebody's going to rise up. Somebody's going to rise up and beat them. They're going to be a little better than you thought they were going to be, um, and they're going to give Georgia a little bit of a challenge. And, and it may not even be somebody that's better than you thought they were going to be. Like you mentioned, Missouri. Dude, it is so hilarious to me how many Georgia fans have forgotten about that game. Like, it didn't happen. Like, it was never close. Like, there wasn't a chance Georgia was going to lose that game. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you something, dude. That fourth quarter started, I thought Georgia was going down. I did, and too. I, and listen, you can act like you didn't think Georgia had a chance to lose that game. You're a liar. You are an absolute bald-faced liar because there was nothing that gave you an indication before that that Georgia was going to come back and win that game. And, and you know, Kirby, like Kirby said, all year long, be at your best when your best was needed. And uh, that was the case for the offensive line and for the running backs and for mm -hmm. Kenny McIntosh and Dejon Edwards and, and those guys. And uh, Georgia did come through and they won that game. Um, but somebody's going to come through and they're going to smack the champion in the mouth um, they're going to bloody the champion's nose and the champion's going to have to pick themselves off the mat a little bit and, and land some haymakers of their own. And, and I mean, I do think the schedule is favorable. There's no doubt about it, but, uh, get ready to get hit and hit hard because you know, the, everybody's going to be coming. Yeah. Tennessee is the, the matchup on the schedule that jumps out to everybody probably as being the most challenging, but like I look at Ole Miss and I know it's between the hedges and 
you know, Georgia's got some magic right now in Athens, as good championship teams do. They just don't lose at home. Uh, but, I mean, it could be Ole Miss. It could be Kentucky. Like, you just – you don't know. And you scoff at me now because you're like, ah, oh, Kentucky, yeah, they suck. But, like, you just don't know. Um, yeah, Rhett Womack, I've always hated when they had to go to Columbia, Missouri. I mean, we've talked about this before after that game. They've had some uh, some pucker factor games there for sure. William Smith, good chance Georgia finishes third in the East. That's, mm. what, that's what we like to hear. That's that's the six and six, seven and five Georgia narrative that dogs fans want the team to hear about. <laughs> dogs blow out Tennessee, according to Uncle Glenn Hartley. We need to get uh, we need to get Bill Smith going back to slapping Chris Rock or something. He's better at that <laughs> than he is uh, than he is uh, predicting. I mean, listen, if Georgia may not win the East. I, I I mean, I won't sit there and say you're stupid for thinking that, but uh, third is 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 outrageous. Rhett Womack with an interesting one though. No one's really talking about Hugh Freeze and Auburn. That that first road trip for Georgia is the Kirby Smart Hugh Freeze reunion. Look, I'm not I'm I'm not saying that that's going to be the game, but the storylines will be a plenty going into that one. Carry on Johnson ain't walking through that door. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look back at Hugh Freeze's history with against Kirby Smart's defenses, though, and I I can see where people would think there's a maybe not a window open there, maybe a, a dog door, but there's yeah. an opportunity. Usually with a chance to build, though, right? Wouldn't you say? I mean, you know, usually with a chance to build and and to kind of get a quarterback on the roster and things of that nature. I mean, I think, you know, hearing what you hear coming out of Auburn and, and some of the stuff they're writing about Auburn, a lot of it is like, hey, they got to get a quarterback. And, um, you know, I think that's one thing you've got to have to beat Georgia. I mean, I know Ole Miss, I, you, I say that, and then Missouri gave Georgia a hell of a run. without Carolina Missouri. didn't have a quarterback in 19. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, a little bit of a different team now, I think, though. I mean, um, just from an offensive standpoint, because Georgia's able to kind of score. Uh, but, you know, Missouri didn't have a great one last year, and and it was just mainly kind of Georgia shooting themselves in the foot. Georgia goes out there and makes a lot of mistakes. They can lose to anybody. I mean, that's the same. That's the true for that's true for that Alabama team that lost to Hugh Freeze. You know, we talk about Kirby Smart's defenses. Alabama turned it over. I know at least five times in one of those games that lost to Ole Miss while, while Kirby was there. Yeah, those, those turnovers, man. That's the thing, and that's and I go back to Kirby saying that the team's not disciplined. And I know it's spring scrimmage number no. one, but you don't figure it out. That's how Bama lost at at Tennessee seventeen. And, hey, and time is a flat circle here, right? We're we're going back to you know telling my little Russ Cole here, but uh, um, I mean quarterback, right? Uh, whoever it's going to be in crunch time and pucker factor and, and all of those things. Um, boy, I can't wait to ha- see this segue. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Carson Beck, you know, whoever it's going to be, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, having not been in that situation before, turnovers. I don't know, man. You know, it's probably going to be a little bit more dicey than Georgia fans want to believe. Don't talk all the trash this offseason. Um, well, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, all the fans hating on them from rival fan bases – are going to talk all the all the trash about Georgia's week schedule, and then there's going to be one of those games, and they're going to say, you know, Georgia can't even navigate their week schedule. Anyways, uh, I don't think Breaking T is going to make a Pucker Factor T-shirt, but they've got just about every other T-shirt, sweatshirt, hoodie, coffee mug you could want with the back-to-back champs gear. I really, I, I've never really 
put the spotlight on this glory, glory to the champions. That's pretty sweet. Uh, glory, glory to old Georgia. It's got and, that shadow font to it. Yeah, the sh- well, it's interesting because it incorporates the new block or bold letters or whatever they did with that rebrand, but they've got the old school shadows to it. So it's kind of like a, a nice mashup there. It, it wigged me out there for a minute because when you zoomed in, um, the Dogs HQ thing was right below it, the one that's behind Oh, yeah. It. And it was right below it. And I was like, whoa, breaking tea, baby. They made it just for us. Just for us. This one, I've never really criticized any of the shirts, but this this one should say dogs still on top, in my opinion. Yeah. Anyways, at the end of the day, I'm not really picking too many nits with Breaking Tea. They've got fantastic gear, and you can't go wrong with whatever your Georgia. The one, the one over here to the right are. of the Bowers one is the one that I haven't really seen a whole lot of. It's kind of like that uh, – it's like – that old school Barack Obama campaign. Is that, that like, like the Andy the, Warhol type deal? Yeah, like a two-tone. Yeah. I saw that one at design. Dick's Sporting Goods the other day. Hmm. Breaking tees at Dick's Sporting Goods? They were. They were. Either that or somebody ripped them off and we need to get that fixed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you in court, pal. We'll see uh, the Breaking Tea link in the show description. We'll get Gwyneth Paltrow's lawyer and we'll see oh you my in gosh. court. <laughs> <laughs> oh that attorney had the easiest job in the world oh man uh all right y'all head over to breaking tea during the show after the show before next show we'll see you there uh guys i just started i've seen it before but i started watching the last dance again got the newborn on the sofa time and uh just chilling and, and watching some things that i know i like and i fired up the last dance again today and not to spoil it for y'all, but it's about the Bulls seeking their second three-peat in the Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan era. And sure the whole, about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure about it. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't got, I haven't gotten much sleep lately, but I did I've been know. watching a lot of – listen, when he said that, the only thing I can think of was all those TikToks I've been seeing of I think you should leave. Yes. Uh, you sure about that? You sure oh about that? <laughs> so good. Anyway. Um, but the, the whole crux of the documentary is the Bulls actually had some drama going into that three-peat. It wasn't just, uh, for lack of any other term, I hate that I'm saying this, it wasn't a slam dunk like everyone thought it was going to be. And, you know, the GM, Jerry Krause, was in the way. He was the roadblock that was potentially going to dismantle the whole thing and prevent a three-peat from happening. Ro, I know you've written about this before. You've done a wide Georgia will three-peat. But I just kind of was sitting there thinking, if Georgia doesn't three-peat this time, what will be the biggest roadblock in the way? I don't think it'll be Kirby Smart because he is the de facto GM. uh, Josh Brooks, I guess, if you want to consider him part of that equation too. Um, We've had all this quarterback talk. I can't help but think that disrupting – the quarterback position could be the biggest thing standing in the way for Georgia to three-peat this year. And that's no disrespect to any of those dudes. You just knew what you had in Stetson Bennett. Well, I do want to point out that I wrote why they will and why they won't. Um, I can't even remember what I said for why they won't at this yes. point. Um, you weren't now, just coming through saying Georgia yeah. definitely won't three-peat. Right, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, I had the quarterbacks on there. I mean, that's some uncertainty there. Um, 
you know, I mean, I think, I think, you know, George has been kind of lucky. Well, I say that I, I was going to say, I think George has been kind of fortunate on the injury front, but I mean, Christ almighty, they, they, they lost guys at some point last year, lost three of the top five guys. I would have said they couldn't lose, um, you know, Jalen yeah. Carter for a minute or two, Nolan Smith for half the season, A.D. Mitchell for basically the whole season. Um, and with the with the way they're smile for a couple games. Who's that? Smile Munden. You know, yeah, right. I think if they lose, I still think, you know, you're there in a position where if they lose, if they do something like uh, you know, quite frankly, like like what Ohio State or John or uh, or Ohio, uh, Alabama did late last season, where if they lose a big time player in a key moment in a key football game in a playoff in an SEC championship game. That could derail him, but then again, we're talking about a hypothetical. I think you got to come back to the quarterback thing. What I will say, though, is you know to kind of get back to the scrimmage for just a second. I don't think it's because they won't be uh, loaded at tight end still, because um, you know obviously you got Oscar Delp there, but there was a freshman tight end who kind of took over that scrimmage on Saturday, um, playing with the playing with the second team, third team. I think you got some first team reps too. Get your eyes on Lawson Lucky. If you've been reading Dogs HQ, if you've been over there with us, you saw it coming. Um, the dude balled out Saturday in the scrimmage uh, based on everything that I have heard. So I don't think it's going to be the tight end position, but I will say that you know, getting settled in at that quarterback spot, and listen, Stetson Bennett was was a special dude. He, uh, there, A lot of those big moments and, and uh, you know, the stepping up. I mean, the guy played six postseason games in his career, and he was MVP in five of them. Um, you you need to find some of that magic. Yeah, Alex Mitchum taking the words out of my mouth here in the comments. Replacing an offensive coordinator and a quarterback, and I know there's a big asterisk by the new OC, right? He was on your staff last year. He's already been an OC before at this school. Uh, but replacing those two components at the same time is tough. And that's why Cedric Van Pran coming back is just massive. I mean – you have some stability in that equation anywhere, especially on the offensive line and with the guy who gets every play started. I mean, you can't overlook that one as a reason why Georgia can three-peat because there at least is still some stability there. So I got one that we haven't talked about, and, and it, again, kind of relates to what we heard yesterday after the scrimmage. I think it could be outside linebacker and and the, the lack of a pass rush. Um because of how young they are at that position, because of uh, what they're having to replace on the defensive line in, in Jalen Carter, the front seven, uh, you feel good about Jamon Dumas Johnson and, and small Munden and what they've got at inside linebacker. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot to replace there on, in that front seven and, and with, and it's not nearly what they had to replace last season, but I think with the talent that you're losing and the experience that you're losing in Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Robert Beal, you've got a lot of younger guys that are going to have to step up. And you you need guys like Michael Williams to take a step forward. Well, Michael Williams is now, uh, you know, on limited, uh, you know, in, in terms of how much participation he can have and, and what he can do. Um Kirby telling us that he was having surgery, um, you know, and, and that was a thing that had been built up over time. Um, you know, to, to me, I think it's it's that outside linebacker room is is probably 
my biggest uh, concern about the defense. And, and offensively, I think it could be like a, it goes back to the to the running back position and what Georgia is losing there in Kenny McIntosh. I, I do think that they've got good running backs, but as we talked about on our last show, do they have a playmaking, game-changing running back? And I don't know. And to me, a lot of that happens out of the backfield, and I don't know that they have one of those. So those are the two, two positions that I would look at and say, if Georgia was to not three-peat, this would be a reason why. And it's the lack of a playmaking running back out of the backfield and the inexperience that they've got and a potential lack of a pass rush at outside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, when we spoke about how big Georgia's running back room is this year. And it, on one hand, that helps you because you just got a bunch of bruisers, but you really have to lean on Dejan Edwards to be like the change of pace guy Yeah, that can give you something different, give you a little bit of a different look, different equation. You also don't have those easy, short throw, long gain um, guys at running back that Kenny McIntosh kind of gave you. I don't think it's out of the question for Georgia to reach into the portal uh, for the right kind of running back, for the James Cook, Kenny McIntosh type of guy that they can um, line him up back there, they can hand it off to him, they can throw, they can screen to him, stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, Red Womack brings up Dwight Phillips. Yeah, absolutely. I think Dwight Phillips would be a very welcome – type of running back on this team right now. Unfortunately, Georgia won't have access to him until 2024. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the kind of back that that could really help. Georgia could help Mike Bobo, could help a young quarterback. And one thing I will point out about Mike Bobo is that his running back screen game is far superior to the running back screen game we've seen under any offensive coordinator under Kirby. Um, you know, you go back to Jim Chaney, who rarely used it, and, and then James Coley a little with DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, Todd Munkin here and there, but nothing, you know, extensive. Um, you know, Bobo, I, I look back to the 2007 um, Alabama game. Bobo's really first year as an offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown, Noshawn Moreno kind of slicing and dicing Alabama with those little slip screens. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, uh, Todd Gurley, same thing. Um, Todd Gurley gave Florida absolute fits, I believe, mm. in 2013 it was, with the screen game. And uh, he likes to use those running backs out of the backfield. He, he likes to throw the ball to those guys. Will they go get a guy that's there? And I, I think that's very possible. How about a uh, Brock Bauer screen? Yeah. Mike Bobo mixing it up a little bit. I mean, Did Brock that with Artie Lynch in that 2013 Florida game, and Artie dropped it, and it was a lateral, and he didn't realize it, and Florida got on it and kind of turned that game around with that turnover. But Georgia still won the game. Yeah, that's man, that's a blast from the past. I totally forgot about that play. Um, well, I, I just wanted to touch on that. I know that we feel like there's a lot of reasons why Georgia can three-peat and why they will. But uh, you look back at Alabama's season last year. I mean, coming into the year, they had every reason that they were going to be on the warpath because they lost to Georgia and they had revenge on the mind. You know, this year, Georgia doesn't have that same kind of motivation, but they've got the same juice behind them. Georgia should three-peat. You know, I think they're kind of the media darlings at the moment because of that schedule we talked about earlier. Uh, but there are a lot of reasons why Georgia won't either. A lot of Georgia, a lot of reasons why Georgia can't. It's also uh, just really hard. Yeah, it's I mean, tough, man. It's tough. Th th there's, there's a really good chance that Georgia runs the table and wins the SEC and runs into a buzzsaw in the playoff. 
I love this it's question. A really good from, team. I love this question from Rhett Womack. How about Dylan Bell getting reps uh, out of the backfield? He he does kind of fit that running back mold a little bit. Yeah, he's putting together like a running back. Dominic Lovett is too a little bit, um, and and he know. played it some in high school too. Yeah. Dylan Bell played some quarterbacks, some running back. He's kind of a Kiaris Jackson type there. I've always kind of mistaken those two, by the way, <laughs> just by the way they look in their shoulder pads. If you don't see a number, they kind of look the same. But, I mean, I think that's a really good good example. But, um, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I think that they'll have enough defections. I want to say that they're probably at 88 or 89 on the scholarship total right now. Um, that's including the guys that are going to enroll in the summer. Um so if you, you know, if you lose four or five, then you got a chance to maybe add um, a running back, a, a scat back type. So, uh, well, guys, we just saw Jenny Bay give it her best shot hey. at, uh, at Augusta National in the women's amateur event, uh, former Collins Hill great, current Georgia great. And she gave Rose Zhang the best player in the world, everything she could want and more. This week, it is Masters week. Jake Rowe will be there. Uh, I have nothing nice to say about him right now. I'll be there on Tuesday, man. It's inconsequential. Well, I mean, it's still – you're still on the grounds. That's pretty sweet. Um, egg salad sandwiches. Bad day to be an egg salad sandwich on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking about that with my neighbor. It's the only time of year I ever really want to eat one of those things, but it just feels right. <laughs> uh, I made sure to add some pimento cheese to my uh, grocery order for today. What kind of pimento cheese do you get? I got the uh, that that palmetto. Jalapeno. There you go. So the That's palmetto cool. is not really. It's good, but there's something about the stuff at Augusta that's just different. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like the kind of Augusta. I prefer yeah. palmetto. The kind of Augusta is a little bit like soft and moussey. It's you know, very it's kind of, cheesy. It's kind of whipped up. I love the palmetto kind because there's like is there's actually the cheese in there yeah that's strong as new rope right there man <laughs> uh so i i'm just looking looking through the list here of guys that will be in the field that played at georgia harris english um trying to make sure i don't brian Harmon, russell henley the who's who the guys that we always follow that are yet to put on a green jacket chris kirk kevin kisner uh, Live golf superstar Bubba Watson's in there too, right? Yeah, yeah I wasn't going to leave Bubba off. They've they've put this list in the weird last name first alphabetical order. Throwing yeah. me off. Uh, Keith Mitchell, Larry Mize, tech guy, obviously, but he's still in there, man. I I, I want to say that there's seven, but I could be wrong on that number. And I think, and I and I mean, Wes is going to get to it here in a minute. I've, I'm Strucker. thinking, I'm thinking that there are two that would have a chance to win it. Maybe three. Um, that have a chance to like even finish high for it, and right. I don't think Bubba's one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I I really don't know about these live guys right now. Like golf is so mental. Yeah, so is Augusta, and that is the biggest P under all their mattresses right now. Uh, I just don't know, but that would be a huge spike the football moment for a live guy to win. To oh win. man, Greg Norman. <laughs> Greg Norman would would I mean he wouldn't be able to stand up for days. He would do yeah, a backstroke in the 16th hole pond. He would his pants would his pants would be like four inches too short. Um, if if one of those guys won that thing, I mean it would be crazy. But I think I think there are three Georgia golfers, ex Georgia golfers that have the firepower to win at Augusta. Because if you've been there, you know how stinking long that place is. 
Kurt Kisner, I mean, Kevin Kisner, sorry, is is one of those guys that, I mean, he'd probably tell you off the front, I'm never going to win this tournament. It's too long. He, he has said that before. Yeah, and, yep. and uh, Brian Harmon, I don't think Brian Harmon has, I think he's got the shape, shot shape, and, you know, obviously being lefty kind of helps you there because you can fade the golf ball and, and, and do some good things out there. But I think Keith Mitchell, Sepp Straka, and Harris English are the only three guys that have the firepower to win it against. See, I, I think Russell Henley can do it. I still I'm, think he's got the the technical ability to do it. It's just between the ears for him, man. And I'm not you know, Chris Kirk. I mean, the way that he won a tournament earlier this year, finished t- tied for tenth this week in Texas. Obviously, that's not the the you know competitive field that uh that augusta will be but he's played pretty well this year i wouldn't count him out yeah i mean i i always love watching the georgia guys it was cool to see uh jenny have such a a fun time yesterday and hear all the go dogs as she was playing and it obviously gets magnified so much more when the galleries are bigger and everything but uh it's a fun week and you, you grow up in georgia and you are around Georgia sports at all. You know how awesome it is. We'll talk more about it on Wednesday when there's a little bit more buzz going into this thing. But uh, fun week to be a Georgia Bulldog. Fun week to be a fan of Georgia sports. Let's wrap it up with the dog stock, guys. And I tweeted about this a few days ago. I'm not a uh, sports NIL agent, but it occurred to me that if there is not an NIL deal for Braxton Hicks at Georgia, and I, we did just have a baby too, so maybe this was on the brain for me a little <laughs> bit more. But if there's not an NIL deal for Braxton Hicks out of some delivery wing or an OBGYN in the city of Athens or in the state of Georgia, somebody has, has just failed massively. It just seems like such a slam dunk. Stock up on Braxton Hicks getting that nil deal i'm pulling for you man i can't really orchestrate it that's kind of a conflict of interest for us as we cover the team but uh go get it man go get that if you've ever if you've ever called an ob at two in the morning wondering if you should rush to the hospital you know what we're talking about here is the braxton hicks are no joke uh, shout out to all the the ladies who have given birth after dealing with these things dude my wife had lady listeners my my wife had them uh, for about 24 hours, and then she was in back labor for about 24 more hours, and then we finally, you know, got her a room over at St. Mary's, and was like, "Hey, let's give you some medicines, and uh, let's get this thing out of you because, ooh, what a, what an absolute beast she was there about eight years ago." Yeah, I, I just I would just stay at the hospital. I don't know how you even figure it out. Uh, obviously, his parents have a sense of humor. That's pretty damn funny. So, yeah, stock up on him and uh, stock up on that NIL deal. Stock up on NIL in general. Everyone is getting paid, it seems like. So, go get it, Braxton Hicks. I'm going to stock up on Georgia football freshmen. Uh, if you saw um, our headline for the practice report, and listen, there are a lot of folks out there that claim to have this scoop and that scoop. I don't think anybody's covered spring practice better than we have. I really don't. And, I, I mean, that's Palmer, uh, super awesome job that he's done um you know we've done a good job of giving you scoop but there were a trio of georgia freshmen that kind of stole the show and one second year guy that we mentioned that you haven't heard of yet um you've heard of him sorry you just haven't really heard of him doing a whole lot on the practice field 
also had a good scrimmage. But the guy in the picture there, Lawson Lucky, find out exactly what he did um, yesterday to, to, to catch the eye of, uh, of folks uh, who watched it. Um, you know, Rock by Rock. Yeah, Roderick Roger, Robinson, Roger. and I was about to call him Broderick. Uh, Roderick Robinson, also very good scrimmage, and another freshman, um, wide out, had a big uh, scrimmage as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, that second-year player that you may not have heard much about, I, I don't want to tease it all, but also I don't want to give it all away here for free whenever uh, our, our paying uh, subscribers over at Dogs HQ are there and they've got it already. So come join us to see what's going on. But, hey, listen – uh, a trio of freshmen and a lot of young guys really showing out in that scrimmage yesterday for Georgia in a sloppy scrimmage. Not one that Kirby Smart says is, you know, all that great, and they got a long way to go. They always do. Uh, but, uh, you know, Georgia, good time to be a freshman at Georgia. They're doing some big things. Yeah, it's $29.99 still through August 31st, and that will lose its cost effectiveness in a few weeks here uh, because it's normally $10 a month. So you do the math. And you know that you're getting a good deal signing up for it right now to read all about these terrifying freshmen that are going to take the SEC by storm. So go check it out. I will wrap us up here with uh, somebody that Jake did mention in that uh, <clears throat> in that scrimmage report, and that's Javon Bullard, um, his versatility. Um, you know, Kirby talked about it, was asked, you know, hey, what is, what is his true position? And Kirby was like, he's a good blitzer. He's a good star. He's natural, just really all around, really damn good football player. Um, and, and said that he reminded him a lot of Chris Smith um, because of the way that Chris could play star. Um, you know, if you, if you recall that 2021 Tennessee game, Chris played a lot of star. And, and I got to thinking about that 2021 season and how after that Tennessee game, we, we ended up seeing William Poole take a lot of reps at star. I think we would have seen more of Chris Smith had he been healthy uh, because it was prior to that Charleston Southern game that Chris got banged up and, uh, you know, probably wasn't a hundred percent to play star uh, in the SEC championship game. I don't know how much better or worse he would have done than William Poole did. Obviously it doesn't matter. George ended up winning that championship and they won a championship with Javon Bullard at star, uh, but I think that they could also win one with him at safety. And I think the possibilities are endless for this Georgia secondary. Is you know I'm gonna write about it tomorrow in the cornerbacks and Javon and everything that they've got. Uh, you know there and all the possibilities, all the talent that's there. Um, stock up on that versatility that Javon Bullard has because of what he's capable of doing at multiple positions. It opens the door for other guys to make impacts at multiple positions as well. As yeah, as we wrap up, what does that tell y'all about uh, the potential of a guy like smoke Bowie? You know, I, not, I'm not super sure about that. Cause I don't right now he's working at corner. So I think it says more about maybe Tyke Smith. Um, because, you know, we reported uh, about a week ago that Tyke Smith uh, had turned some heads and had gotten so much better uh, over there. And then, listen, we're, you know, I think one of the things that gets forgotten with Tyke is that last year was year one back from an ACL. Now it, he's on year two. So is he back to pre, you know, injury form? Um, it sounds like it might be. And, and maybe they feel pretty good about Tyke third year in the system, learning that star position. You get more veteran presence on the field you get uh you get a lot of speed on the field 
Um, you get a couple of real physical football players there in in uh, Bullard and and Smith, and and maybe you have kind of that same dynamic that you had last year with Chris Smith and Bullard on the field because those two positions are pretty tied together. No doubt. And and I think also it opens the door for if you do end up playing Javon more at safety than you do star, you can have somebody behind Tyke at star that's that's coming into their own, a, a younger player there. Maybe it's a Smoke Bowie. Maybe it's a Janelle Aguero. Uh, you know, maybe it's a Marcus Washington. I mean, just, just different guys that are capable of doing different things in the secondary. I think, again, like I said in the stock up, is that – Javon playing safety and and really Javon's ability to play multiple positions, but specifically safety along with what he does at star, it opens the doors for a lot of other people to get onto the field because Georgia doesn't have to look, you know, say, Hey, we need a safety. They, they can say, well, we could need a safety. We could need a star. Uh, we could need a corner. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, his versatility is really important for this defense. This Georgia secondary looking uh, just how Kirby Smart dreamed it up when he took this job a few years ago. It's just <laughs> unfair how deep it is. Uh, y'all, we'll wrap it up there. We will join you again Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. as we always do. Jake Rowe, uh, enjoy your time at Augusta National. We got more Georgia spring news and notes coming your way this week. And uh, can't wait to hear what we have to talk about between now and then. This this Georgia spring is not slowing down, I'll tell you that. And for fans of Bark After Dark, uh, we were prepared to do a show. Uh, we've had something else come up this coming week. We promise, we promise with all of our hearts, we'll be back with you on uh, on the 10th. But we will not be here on the – we will not be – Roos and I will not be there on the 3rd. As you can see, Roos is not here tonight. Uh, but actually, the scheduling things on my end this week. I uh, got some family coming into town and uh, dealing with some of that. So we will be. It's turned into more of like instead of a oh well scheduling conflict one week. It's turned into more of a two week hiatus. Uh, but Brooks Austin um, of uh, of the Sports Illustrated Georgia site and film guy YouTube channel, all that stuff. Uh, Brooks has agreed to come on with us, so we're excited to have Brooks on and uh, hopefully not going to talk a whole lot of ball. Hopefully, going to tell Brooks' story more than anything because I think it's a really good one. Uh, he's a he's a new dad, not too long, and uh, actually moving into my backyard over here. Not 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 literally, my literally, backyard, <laughs> but he's moving to Jefferson, so uh, you know he's going to be a uh, a Jeffersonian. Sony in at some point and we're excited about that too but really really stoked to have Brooks on and hope to uh, have a good show with him on April 10th yeah that's right well I can't wait to hear that and if you haven't seen Bark After Dark uh, use tomorrow night as the opportunity to binge watch it and get caught up and learn what that show's all about uh, hey, my dad will be in town for the Masters so I mean I'm, I'm not pretending like it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's part of it we get it until we meet again, we will see y'all right here on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel. Hit like, hit subscribe if you don't already, and join us over at dogshq.com for the written component as well. Y'all have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.